0: and we're back with the dub sub podcast chris how you doing doing good man how about yourself doing well recovering from our vegas trip to check out summer league which was really awesome seeing a lot of cool different players checking out the scene Uh, people walking around the stadium, and it was both of our first times there. So, I mean, just straight off the bat, like, what were your thoughts about Summer League? For sure. Yeah, I went
1: one day last year um, just to check out a a single Warriors game, so I didn't get the full experience, but definitely going for two days this year, doing a, a little upgraded tickets to get into some of the club's for uh for the nba experiences was was awesome so yeah definitely had a good time still feeling it uh it's wednesday so we got home on sunday and uh, i'm finally starting to feel normal
0: yeah i woke up today and i was like am am i back to normal yet i don't know um but yeah it was it was a movie vegas was pretty fun summer league was very cool i was super impressed i mean It was so cool just to have like a destination where everyone who loves the game and in particular the NBA comes to check out some of these cool new prospects fresh out of the draft that was not that long ago. Free agency had, you know, already happened and still kind of in process, but the major moves were made. So the teams are looking different. They, They kind of have a different perspective on what they're scouting for in the summer league. So it's, it was pretty fun. Like overall, I like the timing of it. Um, obviously, we've followed Summer League from the couch before this, so we know that this is how it goes. But just being there in person, everyone's descending on Vegas. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, and yeah, it was fun getting that upgraded experience with the Experience Lounge. Uh, we're, we're able to kind of go relax and have a drink and play some 2K and see people come in and out. Uh, and we were right next to where the media was doing a bunch of interviews with guys like Jordan Poole and Chris Paul and a lot of other players, not Warriors, that it was just right behind us. So um, any other thoughts? Yeah, just
1: for the people not listening, um, Summer League is held at, at the UNLV campus in Las Vegas, so it's not an NBA arena, which I like, because there's kind of nowhere to hide if you're a media member or a player just coming to watch like everyone is all walking around the same areas sitting in the same section so you'll just like go to the bathroom and you'll see f- NBA legends or current NBA players or you know people you see on Sports Center all the time so that's probably my favorite part about it and also just you know being able to see players you've been Hearing about and mock drafts and on the draft night and stuff, actually see them play. So definitely check it out if you've never been. It's uh, it's a really good time.
0: Yeah, like the biggest stars uh, don't really go through like the main kind of concourse. I feel like like we saw like Jerry West walk out onto the court, and then obviously some of the coaches like Steve Kerr. You know, saw Kirk Lake up there during the Warriors game. Um, saw a bunch of other guys that sat courtside and then they were able to kind of walk away through the a back door so that they didn't get into the shuffle with all the all the crowd. But there were still like a lot of big names and especially media members walking around, like seeing David Aldridge was really cool. Um, saw Amin El Hassan, um else who else was like I saw Daryl Morey too that that was pretty awesome
1: yeah Mark Spears um a few Warriors beat writers but I mean you can't say there weren't big stars I dapped up Nico Mannion in the hallway Warriors (laughs) legend uh so you know need to correct he's a star in Italy (laughs) yeah I don't know about the NBA (laughs) but no for sure a good time um we we went out there with the the group guys and did Vegas and uh, we'll, we'll definitely be back next year. So, if any fans are looking or hear this and wanting to go, you know, hit us up if you go out there next year. But um, yeah, definitely that that first day Friday was the big day for Summer League games. We had Wem and Yama's debut. Scoot Henderson was playing, Brandon Miller. I think both Thompson Twins are playing. So, it, probably all top five picks from last year or from this year's draft were playing that first day kind of what jumped out to you that, that first day we were in
0: there. Yeah. I mean, well, so we showed up and Scoot was playing for Portland against, um, Eamon Thompson on the Rockets. That was, those were kind of the big headline names and the Rockets had a pretty good team. They had Cam Whitmore as well, who they drafted in the first round. So, but that was a really fun game. Uh, Shaden Sharp was playing for the Blazers I thought that was the most fun game of the entire weekend, and it was the first one we saw. Uh, and Scoot looked like the best player at Summer League. He looked amazing. I mean, he's so explosive and calm with the ball in his hands. He's clearly like a floor general. Like He's a real point guard. And, um, I mean, you don't want to take away too much from these Summer League games because it's a small sample on teams that are kind of just thrown together and the incentive is for each player to like play their individual best not for like the team to win which is the point of basketball so the incentives for these guys are a little different than what it'll be in the nba they're not playing against nba stars and established nba players so it's kind of a it's a weird opportunity for everyone out there but it is you know for players for uh spectators watching these players A chance to get them get to see them play against professionals and Scout I mean sorry Scoot looked like an absolute like star in the making I mean he was the most impressive guy in the entire like two days we were there for me
1: yeah I think names that jump off just for the weekend that I saw was the Thompson Twins I've heard, I heard a lot about them in the draft process. Never. I didn't watch, like, Overtime Elite or the—because that's the G League team they're from, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're huge, and they have amazing court feel and vision. I think that they're going to— Super gonna, athletic. Yeah, super athletic. I mean, we just saw right before recording this a play where uh, the Thompson on the Pistons picks someone's pocket, gives it up, gets it back, and does, like, a 180 reverse lob— they just look really explosive, like you said. Scoot is built like a linebacker. In his first year, he's definitely got an NBA body, NBA poise. Um, yeah,
0: we. It saw, was the poise that was most impressive to me. Yeah, the feel because, for the game. Yeah, yeah. Because sure. everyone knows that like he's a beast, and you all you have to do is look at him one time, and you're like, yeah, that guy is a professional athlete. But you see him handle the ball and really control the game with. Calm and poised, like you said. I mean, yeah, it was amazing.
1: Yeah, so th- those guys jumped out on me. I mean, obviously, we were the two things we were there for on Friday was to see the the first game for Wembenyama, and, and also the Warriors uh, game to end the evening. It was going to be the first game that. Um, what well, did Pods play in the California Classic?
0: Yeah, yeah, he played.
1: Oh, okay, I thought we were going to see the the first game for Trace Jackson Davis, but it's Wednesday, July 12th and he still hasn't played. so that was a little disappointing, but definitely our first time, obviously seeing the Warriors Summer League team in person. Um, I guess we can touch on on Wembana first. He had a rough start to Summer League on that game on Friday. Kind of what was just your first initial thoughts like seeing him in person, seeing him on the court? seeing him do his thing
0: well i guess like just setting the scene everyone got there like three or four hours before when game so the arena was like packed and it's an eighteen thousand person arena uh it's a college arena but it's pretty big that's as big as an nba arena so it was com- it was basically completely packed up into the second row uh, everyone was there early it was super hyped up he stepped onto the court and everyone started yelling. It was like, he's massive. He is so, so tall. And, um, <laughs> you know, like they're warming up. He does a layup or a dunk in warmups and everyone starts yelling. So it was just like out of control, the hype that was going on. And, and the, you know, frankly, the NBA media has built him up like this. I don't blame the kid. Like he's just going out there trying to hoop. Uh, and he's definitely looked nervous. You could see when he got the ball he was out on the perimeter a lot trying to cross people up dribble between his legs take fadeaway threes and all of that and it, he was just trying to put on a show but he was clearly a little bit rattled by just the hype and everything it's his first real nba experience uh, you know not counting playing against the g league last year yeah so i mean that that's kind of what first jumped out to me when i was watching um just kind of setting the scene
1: yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said. And it's tough when it's that big of a scene and everyone is there to watch him. I mean, like you said, Friday was sold out. I think the only day of Summer League that got sold out um, for this weekend. It was packed. We had to, like, fight to get a second-level seat that we could all sit together. Um, And like you said, his height, even from afar, is staggering. I mean, he looks... Huge against other, you know, prospects that are trying to join the NBA. So I'm curious to see how he will look against established big men in the NBA, like Embiid, Jokic, people that tower over other people. But definitely going to be a learning curve. And I think we knew that already just by looking at their games and their body type. It's pretty easy to tell that Scoot and maybe even like the Thompson Twins possibly even Brandon Miller, would have a shorter learning curve in the NBA than than Wemenyama. Obviously, he's going to get into games and block some shots and make some highlight plays, but I don't think he's going to be the like 20, 12, and 5-block player um, contributing to winning right away that, that some people were maybe building him up to be.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I think he's 19 still. And he needs to fill out into his body. He's grown at such an insane pace. He's just really skinny. But, um, you know, he has a ton of promise. He looked really good protecting the rim. I mean, you could just kind of feel his impact, guys, dribbling into the paint, looking up at the rim, and they can't even see it because he's standing over them. Like, And he had a few blocks. He, He looked pretty solid on defense. He has obvious feel for the game too he's a good passer um, knows where to go for rebounding and he's so tall that he can like kind of just reach over people and grab them I think like it's it's pretty clear the injury concern is real you know he like sets a screen for that point guard on the Spurs who I can't remember his name but didn't love watching him play but um, he'll like set a screen for that guard and the defender just runs straight into his knee like that's kind of dangerous for him. He fell on the ground a couple of times and it was like, oh, that he didn't land great there. Like, you need to figure out how to protect your body in the league. If you're a guy who's who's like clearly like big and but will he, probably be injury prone. He sets his screens
1: almost wide legged. Like yeah. his his feet are out farther than his knees, so if there's a little bit of contact it looks It looks bad. On obviously, I'm not wishing any injury on anybody, but definitely, kind of hold your breath when he's playing out there a little bit, just because it's staggering how how skinny he is.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think um, it's also again the incentives with summer league like are not fit for players who are team players, Um, guys who can get in their bag and attack and score a lot they're going to stand out in summer league um or great defenders yeah so it is tough because
1: obviously none of these players have ever even played in a game with each other so and there's gunners out on the team that want to score to show they belong in the league so yeah i think he's his game his passing will definitely translate better in in a team environment versus kind of showcase games with random teammates but yeah that that was a very fun game to watch that Spurs game and then the nightcap of that Friday was was the Warriors game one of the main reasons we we were there um it was cool to see you know we we've been hearing a lot about Quinones for a while Santos had a really good California classic and obviously Pods was our first round draft pick so kind of some initial thoughts you saw um from them watching them in person, and then kind of the game on Sunday, and it's Wednesday today. We just we just finished watching uh, their third game in Vegas versus the Mavericks, a uh, two
0: point loss in overtime. So, kind of what are you thinking? Well, I mean the team is not very good, but I think we kind of knew that going into summer league. It, the point is not to win games, though. <laughs> is is but... there a, is there a good team in summer? I I guess
1: Portland might
0: be <laughs> pretty good. I don't know. There's some teams that. Are truly better than than like others. <laughs> well, it's kind of like
1: that. the you can look at summer league kind of the opposite of how the NBA season went. So, for example, the the bad teams should have a good summer league team, whereas you know the Nuggets and the Heat should have bad summer league teams because they you know they had good records. But
0: yeah, yeah typically that's how. Kind it of is. a
1: lot of bad basketball is what I've learned uh, watching some games this weekend.
0: Yes. But uh, anyway, the Warriors, yeah, obviously was watching Pajemski, was watching Quiñones, who was offered a two-way contract, like a qualifying offer. So unless he gets signed, um, he's probably going to be a a two-way guy on on this year's team. Uh, Maybe even will get a full 14th uh, roster spot. Who knows? But then another of the Warriors draft picks from last year, Guy Santos, who played an entire season in Santa Cruz this past year. Those were the three guys that really were worth watching. Um, And I think clearly I was paying the most attention to Pajemski because I've seen Santos and Quinones play before, not in person, but on TV. So I kind of am more familiar with their games, but I hadn't seen a lot of Pajemski. Um, Me personally, I'm, I'm coming away from all these summer league games not a huge Pajemski guy. He obviously has some skills, but I think there are a lot of deficiencies that are going to be difficult um, translating from even Summer League to the NBA. Yeah, to me,
1: it's pretty glaring, his weaknesses, and it's bad that it shows on the Summer League stage. Um, And I don't think there are things that he can very much overcome. For example, just what showed out to me being there in person is – he is tiny. I don't think he's 6'4". I think he's maybe closer to 6'2 or 6'1". Um, he's very slow. <laughs> he Obviously, he's really crafty. I've, I saw that he had great vision. I think he sees the game really smart. Uh, probably why the Warriors were high on him, just because he looks to be a high IQ player. But it's bad when... You're not even in the big leagues yet and it's kind of glaring some of these uh physical deficiencies
0: yeah yeah he he knows where to be on the court he's got good court vision he can he grabs a bunch of rebounds for a guard like that was impressive right he's like so just looking at the summer league stats so far and these are only for the first two games not counting the game today on the 12th that just ended although it was kind of the same story But he was averaging, he has been averaging, um, 10 or yeah, 10 rebounds per game and six assists. I mean, he knows where to be. He's a smart guy and he's tough. He's not afraid to go bang bodies, like to grab a board or just put himself on the line like he's competitive. None of that is an issue. What is an issue are his, A, his physical deficiencies and B, his defense, um, Two things that will need a lot of work, and I'm not saying he won't ever be like a role playing player or a role playing kind of guy in the league, but he definitely won't be this year, in my opinion. I mean, he's just slow footed. They hide him on defense in the corner because he can't really stay in front of any of these fast guards, um, which he he has to guard. He has to defend the guards because. Uh, he's not big enough to go to size up and defend like a three. Um, You know, part of his slowness also is translated to the offensive end where he can't really beat anyone off the dribble when he gets the ball. He's crafty enough to like use a screen, snake around it, get the guy on his hip and make a good pass or go up for a floater, like sort of like a Chris Paul, late stage Chris Paul, slower Chris Paul. Or like a Jalen Brunson style, um, but
1: is he's is that good for 19. a
0: nineteen? Yeah, I was about to say no. Is that good for a nineteen
1: year old? Because I I think you're right. He's kind of got a similar build to Chris Paul. But when Chris Paul was a rookie and in his New Orleans days, he was banging on people, and he yeah oh yeah he, he was he athletic yeah. <laughs> it, man, it's kind of disappointing just because I said it even like when we did after the draft, I don't see either of the rookies making a difference at all. But to me now watching a few games, not even seeing uh, Trace Jackson uh, Davis, it's definitely going to be him who has a chance to get in the rotation, I think, not Pajemski. I think yeah. Pajemski is going to be a 90% in in um, Santa Cruz type of player, which is not great for the 19th pick. I mean to give kudos to the Warriors front office they have gone all in and reverted away from their kind of fetish of wanting projects and stuff but to me with the 19th pick especially how the draft played out I think there was some other options that that would have fit the team a little better especially with how our free agency is gone I mean we got Chris Paul and Corey Joseph that's three six three and under point guards there's no minutes even there. So um
0: Yeah, yeah there a little are no minutes for him. He's he's gonna be an end of the bench guy. I mean and even after they after the draft happened and Mike Dunleavy had his press conference, he said right away, like we don't draft players or I don't now that I'm the GM draft players expecting to have them play heavy minutes and for our championship contenders. He said team. he said any minutes. Yeah, yeah, but you know they'll they'll have some minutes like in they'll play a little bit but they're not going to be huge uh, pieces of of a winning team. Do you so, think if
1: the if the Warriors drafted Chris Murray, you would feel the same?
0: No, he looks more ready, but he's older. I mean, h I think they were really hoping Jaime Jaquez would fall to them. He looks Dave, like a ta- he looks like a player. Yeah, and he's a bit older. He looks really good and smart, and he's more athletic, and he's competitive and strong. Guy looks good. The Heat got a steal with that pick, I think. Yeah. And I think the Warriors really liked him. That was, that's was that been reported. It's been kind of mentioned by some reporters close to the team, like the athletic guys and people at N- NBC, Sports Bay Area. So, um, and I think actually even on the interview that Mike Dunleavy just did, he mentioned Jaime Jaquez. He might get fined for that. that I don't think that's tampering at this point, but like, yeah. he literally mentioned his name like on on the air in an interview um, talking about more uh, developed players who are coming in through the draft. So, yeah, I think they they just kind of missed on their their first target at that spot, and they liked Pajemski's uh, smarts and like kind of his feel for the game. He. I see why they like him right like he's kind of a steve kerr type of player uh he's gonna be smart enough to understand the system but i don't think he's big or fast enough to play heavy minutes in the league yet at least and i mean one of the biggest problems coming from these games has been he hasn't hit any shots his he he was drafted and touted as like a sharp shooting three-point guy i mean he shot 44 percent last year at um, Santa Clara, so yeah, like, I, th- I, I think I expected him to knock down some shots.
1: I think you could put more weight into a full season of college at that number versus three games in the summer league at, at his percentage because he's shooting like sub thirty. Well, he's shooting like sub thirty from the floor. Even I mean, he just had another yes. terrible shooting game, one of ten. So that that is disappointing. I I don't hold box well, scores. Well, here's why I
0: do because he's unable to make space and shoot over guys oh yeah and this is this is in just in summer league or Wait get past the...
1: anyone even like you mentioned it from the top it's he, he cannot be anyone off the dribble which no you either need to be able to shoot over people or beat them off the bounce. it doesn't seem like he can do either he can obviously rebound he can obviously pass uh, I don't think he's the worst defender I've ever seen. He he's smart. He can get in passing lanes, pick the ball away. Better off
0: ball, yeah. He's not. He's, he's not a
1: good on ball defender.
0: Um, no. Yeah. But defending's like a team sport, you know. So it's like, I I am concerned about his defense, but I'm more concerned about how I don't think he'll be able to score in the league. Honestly, even even though he's a great shooter, it's just yeah. like you can be a great shooter in a wide open gym and make zero shots in the pros because. They're gonna close out really quickly on you, get in your face, you can't get you can't create any space. That's how it goes. I mean so it's concerning, definitely. But yeah. We'll see. Maybe you know, maybe he's able to develop in the G League and in a couple of years he's a guy. But
1: it's what you like He's with not, the nineteenth pick during Steph's uh I mean, you know, years. But no.
0: It's whatever. I, it, He's yeah. not gonna be important for this season. So
1: No, and, and we've discussed already the Warriors, especially after the news of their, their free agents they've gotten and the Chris Ball trade, they have their nine already. So I don't think the fourteenth man they sign or a draft pick that they had was really gonna make any difference. Fans just get excited about that stuff. I mean, we know what the team is, we know who's gonna be playing. Um, just a little, yeah, just, just leaving uh, leaving Vegas a little disappointed after watching him, but we can touch on the the other two of the three big name players from, from the summer league team if you want.
0: Yeah, sure. Let's let's start with Lester Keyones since he was kind of called up to the Warriors last year at the end of the year and signed to okay. the two way spot that Anthony Lamb left vacant when they gave him a full contact a contract. Um, so let's start with him.
1: Yeah, for sure. I have some thoughts. I mean, he's been kind of trending on Twitter. He's been with some loud box score moments. He definitely, just from the highlights before we even got to Vegas, he looks like a tough shot maker, a bucket. We saw that last year in Santa Cruz, too. He was really efficient, putting up a lot of high numbers, which is good to see. I mean, if you're an NBA-calibre player playing in the G League or the Summer League, you should be able to kind of dominate i mean we saw in person with jabari smith jr he played one game put up like 36 and hit a game winner and stuff it's like okay that's a that's an nba player so i think quinones has nba scoring there's no doubt about that nba shot making nba scoring a few things that i noticed in person as well um i've seen a lot of comparisons to pool on twitter like oh the warriors have their new pool uh pool has elite quickness and burst i do not see that from quinones they're they're the same size but Poole has i'd probably say like top 15 burst in the nba quinones is pretty slow kind of similar to Pajemsky. um little flat footed little slow off the bounce he can beat people off the dribble but they're kind of on his hip he's and he's kind of a under the rim type of player uh what did you think
0: seeing him in person well i guess a couple things i just disagree with a little bit i think well so i mean quinones is six five he's bigger than pool and they're playing him at the two kind of three they're playing like two off guards on the team but i personally like him more on ball because i think he he's a real creator yeah they they, i was
1: watching a um interview with uh, Larry Ellis, the assistant GM. Yeah. And they were saying that last year, they, they're kind of playing him at the one in, yeah. in Santa Cruz and a little bit this season. So I, yeah, I'd say he's more like a two one kind of a combo guard.
0: Yeah. So I, I mean, I like when he has the ball in his hands a bit more, which isn't really happening on this uh, team, but he is still lighting it up. Like you said, um, I, d- he's not as fast as pool. He doesn't have that same burst, but He's definitely faster than Pajemski, in my view. Well, yeah. And, but I don't know. You're saying he's kind of similar in that yeah, way, yeah. but I think he has he has more burst than Pajemski. He can get by guys off the dribble, and he has better ball handling. So he's more of like I definitely see the comparison to Pool because of the flashiness, the fa- the shot making ability. Um, he's he's pretty crafty. He's able to get to his spots, I think, and. Uh, like I, I was impressed with that. I think he will be a two-way guy who actually plays on this on this team. Even though we have Corey Joseph, there are going to be moments when um, Paul and Curry are either injured or they're resting or whatever, and there's opportunity for for Quinones to kind of step in and take on more of a lead guard backup role. Well, I actually don't think there's so what, anyone mm-hmm. on the roster that's similar to him.
1: Like, exactly. Looking at our roster, I think Steph, Chris Paul, and Corey Joseph, obviously all different players and different levels, but they're similar type of players. And then we have Clay and Moody at the two. They're kind of wings, so they're, we don't really have that combo guard like yeah. Pool, And that's why Pool was so effective two years ago and you know, in the playoffs and everything, because we need that player that can come in, create their own offense, create for others, as well as being able to, you know, Clay's out, slide into the two, Steph's out, play some one, you know, fit in a lineup with Steph where Steph can be off the ball and you can create a little bit. So I, I agree with you. Yeah, but even you. off
0: the bench, like, if he comes off the bench, let's say Corey Joseph is injured, and he's playing next to Chris Paul. He needs to be able to play the two, but yeah. also... Get and and I th- create, get into the paint, create his own shot, use his dribble. So. And I think he can do that.
1: Whereas you know, yeah. Pajemski, you're not gonna put Steph and him on the floor together. I don't think you could put Chris Paul and him on no. the floor together. Which is just I don't kind think of he a...
0: should be on the floor this year <laughs> much.
1: I mean, well, uh, yeah, that's that's just uh, I don't want to beat, um, <laughs> yeah, keep yeah. beating that drum. But I agree with you. I think King actually has a chance to contribute to to the team. I mean, we saw the two ways last year, Ty and Anthony Lamb. They played a ton of games. They both maxed out their fifty game limit and were playing it wasn't just spot minutes. Like Lamb was getting twenty five minutes a game and Ty was, you know, playing fifteen to twenty minutes a game. So I hope that's not the case that there's those minutes up for grab, but definitely I think he would be a big win on, on the two way contract.
0: Yeah. And he so I think he's been the best player on this summer league team for sure. I don't really think it's very close. But the other argument, I guess, would be Guy Santos, who is a Brazilian dude. They drafted last year or maybe what? Maybe it was two years ago. I think it was last year. Um, but he spent the whole year in the G League as well. Um, he is got some serious size. He's 6'8, he's put on a bunch of weight in terms of muscle. Like he looks really strong and athletic, he's big. I mean, they're playing. He's a four, but he he can put the ball on the floor a bit. He plays pretty good defense. He's very aggressive, which I really like with him. I like he's active. Oh, that's and, that's the
1: word I was gonna say. Is he's out there and he's active. Uh, yeah, but it's not I mean, always. That, it's not always great, but yeah, sometimes he, it results
0: in. Sometimes it results in erratic plays. He is pretty young. I think he's only 20 or so. But, um, yeah, like, you kind of work through that. But the energy is there. I like his style of play. Uh, he kind
1: of so, reminds me a, of a, a bigger JTA a little bit, where he kind of does yeah. a little of everything but uh, a master But he's of a none. much better
0: scorer than yeah, JTA. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And I would say, like, smoother handles, just kind of a better offensive game. I think JTA was obviously a, a better defender. But... Those those type of players are valuable. You know, the three fours that just go out there and do stuff and have a little bit of size. Kinda yeah, they're good
0: like utility fours. The Warriors don't really have that on the roster for this year. No, they're like they're like glue guys. Yeah, they needed some size. So I honestly think he's worked himself into earning a two way. Um so I think I mean at minimum he's gonna get a training camp invite. And yeah, so i I was impressed. Do the... Um, so the Warriors... Well, all
1: teams now have three two-way spots, which is good for the Warriors because I think they're going to need it. So if Lester gets one and Santos gets one, the Leafs or another, okay, I like it. I wouldn't be mad yeah, at those I, two.
0: I think that's probably the plan at this point. We'll see who is available to sign in those spots, but um, like when... We get closer to training camp. Typically, that's when the two ways are really handed out. Yeah, um, I, I at think least that's even how the Warriors our, do it.
1: We'll, we'll touch on it on a. We're gonna do a whole separate kind of free agency recap podcast here coming probably next week. But that's what I think they're gonna do with the 14th roster spot is leave that up for for a training camp battle. Invite some veterans in there, and I think they're gonna do that with the other two two-way spots as well as invite santos invite um some other maybe people from their summer league team or other summer league teams in training cap like hey if you if you show out we'll give you a two-way or if you show out you can get this 14th spot so definitely curious how they have these next few games go and then moving into training cap i think it's probably a lock that lester's going to be in one of those but like i said we wouldn't hate um Santos being in in one of those
0: yeah yeah I'm excited to see how kind of the rest of this free agency period plays out Um, yeah we'll do a full recap of everything that happened from the Warriors perspective and then just kind of how the the power structure in the leagues has shifted since uh, the start of free agency different players going to the Suns to the Clippers to the Lakers to wherever um, and how that kind of affects the Warriors. Um, so excited for that podcast. Uh, we'll do that, yeah, probably next week once we know a little bit more. If they haven't signed a 14th guy by then, then you're probably right that they're going to keep that open until training camp. But yeah, um, to be determined and excited to talk about it, and we'll keep rolling.
1: Sounds good, man, yeah. Getting to the dog days of the, the off season where free agency is wrapping up, Summer League will be ending here you know in a week or so so definitely be looking out for some some free agency recap content from us and uh yes they looked in on twitter and our Substack, and we'll uh we'll be back with you guys
0: all right thanks man